Well, who's ready today? Hallelujah. Why don't you welcome Pastor Ryan Yusa as he comes. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this place. Pastor Wilt, can I hand these, this Bible to you? Lift your hands all over this place. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We thank you, Lord, this week as people take time out of their schedules, their busy schedules. Lord, I thank you that you honor them for honoring your word as they come. I thank you that this will be a week of healing, a week of deliverance. Lord, I thank you for grace, great grace to rest upon every person. That people would look back at this time that we had together in November of 2022 and say, everything changed for me. Everything went to another level. Lord, my peace of mind went to another level. Addiction broke off me. That it was a radical turn for me this week in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, as we read your word. Thank you for revelation in your word. And that every captive set free this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, it's a privilege for us. I'm, I'm uh, Pastor Ryan Yesta. When I travel, I go as Evangelist Ryan Yesta, but just so it's not confusing, who's the pastor here? Pastor Will's the pastor here. Great to see some of you. I recognize some faces from last time. We were here in March of 2019. Really, um, when we first started in the ministry full-time, my wife and I, we were sent here by Pastor Rodney and came and Pastor Will and LaShawn opened the doors for us. It wasn't in this building, but over in the other one. Who, who, who's been here? How long have you guys been in this building here? Who's been here less than five months? I know we had some first-timers. Obviously, the first-timers have been here less than five months. But who here has only, only known the River Church in this building? One, two. Okay, so everyone else was here prior. A few people, most, most were here prior. Can we, isn't it awesome what God has done here? Moving, moving y'all into here. Can we lift our hands and thank the Lord together for his blessing to moving? Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the River Church at Dickinson that this is just the beginning. Lord, the first thing, I see this place paid off by the power of the Holy Ghost. I see it paid in full. Lord, that the River Church Dickinson will own no bank any money in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I see thousands of people coming under this roof to receive a touch from God. Lord, that this place would be a lighthouse in this area, that people will, change, that people will travel from, from, from Bismarck, from Fargo, Lord, from all over, even from other states. People will come down from Canada to say, there's a place that I can come in Dickinson and receive a touch from God. I see that this be a lighthouse for this whole region in Jesus' name. If you agree, why don't you give the Lord a mighty amen? amen. Hallelujah. You know, when we came last time, um, it was really my first, uh, first time traveling and preaching and doing a week of meetings. So we're here, just so you know, we're here today and then tonight and then all the way through Friday night every night. And uh, it was really our first week of meetings. So I had never done a, a week of meetings before. And, um, and I was told people in North Dakota don't respond like people in Florida. They don't amen like people in Florida. But then I remember the, the final night we preached. I think we went a week and a half. It was like a Wednesday. I think it was a final night if I remember correctly preached a message, and at some point, I looked at the crowd, and I said, uh, I know maybe you're not comfortable saying amen after, when I'm preaching good, but the word amen means so be it, which it's a way of saying, I'll take that. So if there's something you hear out of God's word that you say, I'd like that in my life. Isaiah 26.3 says, he says, I'll keep him in continual peace whose, whose mind is stayed on me. That's what the Bible says. So the Bible says there's a way that God will give you peace of mind, that you're never stressed, never worried, never anxious. How many would say you'd be okay if you never had any anxiety for the rest of your life till Jesus comes back? God took away, he did a, a surgery and he took away all anxiety that you ever had. And not that you're just a lunatic and, be, and everything's terrible in your life and you don't have anxiety, but God blessed you to the point where he blessed you, prospered you, 
and then took away anxiety. So you just wake up and say, this must be what being in heaven's like. I'm never stressed. How many would be okay with that? The rest of you will be performing lobotomies at the end of the service. Because if you're not okay with no stress, then there's, there's, there's something missing. But when you say amen, it's a way that you say, I want that. I'll have that. So be it. You need the amen more than I need the amen. I, I preach whether you amen or not. I don't, I don't get worried. I'm not concerned. I don't feel like I'm not doing a good job. I'm comfortable. I preach a lot. I'm comfortable preaching with or without your amen. Your amen is for you. So pretend this week that you're a Floridian like me and you're not a North Dakotan and you like saying amen and you like saying so be it and you like shouting and you like jumping. And trust me, you'll enjoy this week a lot more. And so will I. Amen. Amen. I'm from Africa originally, and I know we maybe have some Africans in the place tonight. Don't get all reserved and, and, and American on me. The, the dancing and rejoicing is built in. You got to celebrate when God's done some good things. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> this is my wife, uh, Krista, if you would stand. This is my wife, Krista. We've been married for coming up on six years in December. We brought our two boys with us, and she's going to be here ministering along with me. Um, this week. But turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 14. I really felt this week that the theme would be dominion. The theme would be taking territory. You know, Pastor Will said something important. He said, you have to know that it's God's will. You know, in regards to the offering, you have to know that it's God's will to bless you. When, when the church takes up an offering, and, so, and it, sometimes it's just what we're used to. It's taken up like you see those, you see those uh, commercials for like the SBCA, and then they they play that uh, Sarah McLaughlin song, in the arm of an A. And then they're like, call, your, your, your support of $1 a day helps. And they got these like decrepit animals that are walking around. And, it's, and then they take, that exact same, they take that exact same one, and instead of pictures of cats, it's pictures of African children. You know, and we're like, I say we because I'm African. We're sitting there, bellies swollen, eating something. For your donation, it's like the same format, and they just copy-paste. And so people, when it comes to the offering, that's how they see it. They see it like they've come to extract. This is God's extraction service because we need to pay the bills. I want to tell you, the Bible says no soldier goes to war at his own expense. God sent Pastor Will and LaShawn here, and with or without your tithe, this place will go because God pays the bills here. When you give and you tithe into the gospel... It's your opportunity to hook up with what God is doing in here. It's to say, Lord, you're doing something on this earth, and I want to see it done. You're, you're not giving because to keep the lights on. God will bring, God will bring, some, God will bring the closest casino to come and spot. It doesn't matter. It's all, when God wants his work done, his work will be done. So when you give, it's obedience to the commandment to tithe and to give offerings. When you give, it's, it's your opportunity to say, I want to be a part of what, God, what God's doing, and I want to see the gospel go forth. Otherwise, the Lord will raise up other people to come and give. The Lord will bring millionaires, let them get saved from one of the soul owners, bring them in, and they'll just pay for everything. It's not about keeping the lights on. It's not about you doing your part so that the show can go on. It's about you having an opportunity to put your money and your heart, your blood, sweat, and tears into what God is doing to say, God, this matters to me. And so you have to know, number one, that God wants to bless you. But then uh, I think one of the biggest things is understanding that God's on your side. And that so often gets lost for people because they, they feel like everything, you know, when, I, when you grow up, at least in my house, we were told what to do. You know, there were chores, there were things we had to do. It wasn't like how people discipline now with, I, I don't think in North Dakota I'm offending people when I talk against gentle parenting. Those, those, they live on the West Coast and they live down, you know. 
In North Dakota, I, I'm pretty sure if we asked who spanked your kid or who is spanked as a kid, yeah, it's going to get probably 95% of the people. That, every once in a while, you get one person, I wasn't spanked and I don't plan on spanking. But usually, you get up in these regions and people, people know how to parent, keep, the, keep their kids aligned, especially, especially African people. Are we <laughs> is there ever been a person who was born in Africa who didn't get spanked or something Along those lines. But we were told what to do. So you, you grow up and you're told you have to make up your bed. You have to do the dishes. You have to do these things. You have to go to church. And then it comes over. And if you don't make that adjustment in your heart and see that God is actually on your side. And so when God calls you to do something, it's because he has a blessing for you. Coming this week to this revival, it isn't so I can feel like, I mean, please do come. Because if nobody comes, maybe I'll get a little bit, oh, what, what am I actually doing in my life? And I'll have to pray. And the Lord will have to encourage me. And uh, I mean, I do pray anyway, but the Lord will have to encourage me. But, but it's, it's not so you can have good attendance and say, God, I did this and check it off your list. I'm a faithful person. Faithfulness is part of it, number one. But it's because God has a blessing for you. So I want to tell you this week, as you come out and you honor the Lord with your time, and you honor the Lord by taking, what is it, seven nights, seven, seven meetings, today, tonight, through Friday, seven meetings, and doing the best that you can, and, and coming it's, it's about honoring God and letting him do something on the inside of you. The reason why these weeks exist is that really so you can get brainwashed to, way, to, to start thinking the way God wants you to think. You know, you, you can, people, people go home, people come to church twice a week, and then they go home and they spend their hours in front of TV. They spend their hours doing different things, consuming different media. And then they wonder why they don't, they don't expect to walk in miracles. If I, if I told you that we have healing school back in Tampa and we had 100 and something people come, we had, we had 50 plus recorded testimonies of healings. We had people come in wheelchairs this last session that left without their wheelchairs. We had people come with, with diseases in their body. We, had, we just got a testimony of a lady who, man, I don't even know what to call it. But, but she came, and she was one of the two that she's come, to, she's come to the church for a long time that my wife's been counseling with. That, you know, you, you ask, Lord, is there any hope for them at all? You sit down, you counsel with them, and it's almost like it doesn't matter what you show them in the Bible, nothing works. Nothing works. And then they say it again. You know, I'm doing that, but I'm doing that, what? Like, I, Lord, is this the type of person that's going to have to end up in a mental institute? Like, that's what you think? And, and the Lord, in the joy when my wife was ministering, got set free. <laughs> Just ministering, the joys touching people, got set free. She said she felt like something switched on in her brain, and she realized that Jesus loves me, and this word's going to work for me. And then she had a, she, my wife just got, so that was the first part of the testimony. And you could tell, night and day difference. And then she heard on the way here to church today, she got a voice memo. Hey, I don't know what happened, but yesterday, last night, I was at home and I started to feel this terrible pain. And I had been diagnosed with, with cysts on my ovaries. And uh, I started to feel this pain in this area. So I went to the ER and then the pain went away. When I got there, but they did all these scans and they looked and they said, I'm sorry, we can't find anything wrong. And she said, did you see the scans? Did you see the, the, the cysts on my, my uterus, my ovaries? And she said, he said, the doctor said, I'm sorry, you, you don't have 
uh, there are no cysts on your ovary. And she said, I, I think the Lord may have just let me have a few minutes pain so he could show me from the doctors that I was healed of, of ovarian cysts. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. When you take time this week and you come and sit under the word, the word of God is full of power. The Bible says, is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. You're not coming here just to be able to say, God, I've been faithful. Faithfulness is part of it. But I'm telling you, there's people who've come this week with real problems. People sitting here today with real problems where you need an answer from God. There's people in this room, maybe that you've been fighting depression your whole life. And you say, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I've gone to the doctor. They put me on their stuff. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's addiction. It could be bondages to certain, uh, to, to certain substances or depression or abuse that you've dealt with. And you say, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm telling you this week by the power of God, because you honor God, God is on your side. And when you take time to come and sit under the word, the word's going to work for you. That fire, that hammer is going to break the rock into pieces. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's cancer. I want to tell you, we serve a Jesus who still heals, heals cancer today. It, uh, you don't have to go. You don't have to go to the, I'm driving to Bismarck to go, to go get my treatments. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same one who 2,000 years ago opened blind eyes will open blind eyes this week. If you receive that, why don't you give the Lord a mighty amen today? The reason why we take the time is because you get saturated in the Word of God. You know, the Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. And so one of the, th the problems that people run into is because, they're, because, hey, we go to church twice a week, but then just, there's just life. And so people have an expectation. Then you hear, you hear of miracles and you hear of healing so seldom. And so people are become naturally minded where even, the Bible, even though the Bible says, hey, is there anyone sick? Okay, do this. Call for the elders of the church, anoint with oil, and then the, and the pray over them in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and God will raise them up. But then we say, well, you know, I don't know. Let's, we better go check with the doctor. And I'm not taking away from what doctors do. But all I'm telling you is that the power of God, God wants to transform you from the inside out. You know, uh, 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 Vaughn is here. Raise your hand for us. His, him and his wife came the last time we came. And I don't know if your, your wife's going to be able to come uh, uh, this week, but him and his wife came the, the last time we were here and drove from, where were you guys? Beulah. Where, how, uh, hour and a half away. Drove to come. And, <laughs> you know, the, the last time I came, I, I had never preached on healing before. I'm the pastor of the healing school back in Tampa now at the River Church. But I, at that time, I had never preached a message on healing. And the Lord really challenged me. I was sitting in the hotel room here in Dickinson, and I was reading a book on healing. And the Lord said, uh, when are you going to preach on healing? I felt in my spirit. When are you going to preach on healing? And this is what I said to the Lord. I said, Lord, when I start having healings in my meetings, and I know I'm anointed for it, then I'll preach on healing. I, did, I wasn't thinking straight. And the Lord said, okay, now do salvation. And I like played that back in my head. Lord, I'll start preaching on salvation when people start getting saved. And you can't, that, that logic doesn't work. You don't preach on, you don't wait till you, you think you're anointed to preach on healing, healing, to start having healings. You preach and then the Lord will confirm the word. It'd be the same as saying, well, I don't, we don't preach on salvation here because I haven't seen anyone saved under my ministry. That, that logic doesn't work. Amen. Well, the reason you haven't seen anyone saved is because you haven't started preaching on Jesus as the Savior. What you preach Jesus as, Jesus the healer, Jesus the Savior, Jesus the deliverer, the Jesus the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire, you, he will confirm. Amen. Amen. And so that day I prepared a message. This is my first ever message that I preached. I don't think he knew this. This is my first ever message I preached on healing. And I preached this message. And man, this was such a, day, a great day for me. But I preached this message. 
I don't remember what the message was. And then I, and then I called a line for healing. People came, and this is at the last building, and they formed like a semicircle here. And, uh, and the Lord, uh, first of all, just started, like, we saw people healed. The, I started calling out for things by word of knowledge. that I'd never done that. The Lord just showed me. And then his wife, it was that night, I believe, his wife got healed of a serious brain condition. I don't remember. Well, maybe you can tell the people. What was it? How long had she had that for? Two months. And, and but taking medication, the Lord touched her. She went home, threw it out, and was totally healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that's the mercy of, let's give the Lord thanks together for that. Hallelujah. That's the mercy of God. And that's the love that Jesus has for his people. That he doesn't want to leave you the same way that you came. The Jesus that we serve doesn't come to leave you and just so we make it through. Oh, we're all just hanging on till Jesus comes back. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is not hold on tight and hope he comes back soon. Life's so bad, I hope we can get the heaven out of here as soon as possible. The Christian life is that God would so fill you with himself and God would destroy every work of the devil in your life that you would spend, that you would spend, your life would become a testament and a trophy to the goodness of God. I mean, there's people in here that the Lord could say, you could, you could raise your hand and say, this is where I, this is what I came of out of. This is what the Lord done for me and now because I serve the Lord Jesus Christ this is what he's done for me and my family amen but but that God you have to know that God is on your side so I'm really believing this week for a couple things number one is that we would be an encouragement to the church that that people would be encouraged in their faith I believe there's people that have come needing answers and this time that we have together God's going to speak to you by his spirit and give you those answers number one I believe there's people in here that need a healing that you need a touch from God in your body and I'm releasing my faith that even from this morning, that people are going to receive a touch from God in, in their body. Jesus didn't stop healing 2,000 years ago. Amen. And then number three, there's people who are, who are facing uh, situations in, with addiction and with bondages of Satan. And that the Lord will set you free. You know, I want to tell you that there's people in here, maybe that you've been depressed for a long time, but the Lord's going to bring you into joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve the God of redemption. That means he's the God of the turnaround. Well, if you're headed one way and you turn around, it means you're headed the other way. If you're headed the way of depression and you turn around, it doesn't just mean that you're not depressed anymore. It means that you're full of joy. Amen. That's what the power of God will do for you today. And so I want to ask you that you invite people to come this week. I know every person in here knows someone who needs a touch of God from their body. I'm really pressing in this week to see people healed by the power of God. It's, it's Amen. Who can use a touch from God in your body? There's something that you'd be okay if the Lord took pain out your body, sickness out your body. There's something that you would say, hey, I'd be better off without this thing. Okay. Well, then I'm here for you. T uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. We're going to have a great week together. Hallelujah. Straightway Jesus, Matthew 14, 22. Straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. And he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up in a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Then Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O you of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, You are the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. You know, I always found it interesting. There's this account of, of Peter walking on the water, then being in the boat. And then there's another one of Jesus being in the boat and sleeping, going to sleep in the back of the boat. Who's heard that one before? And then the storm comes, and then they wake him up. Master, we perish. And what did he do? He rebukes them. Oh, you of little faith. I always found that like, man, you know, I know, I know we're used to like getting rebukes. You always got to do better, read your Bible more. But like that one's kind of tough. Like, Lord, who's, who's actually stilled the wind and the waves before? But you know, I want to tell you the reason why Jesus looked and Jesus uh, rebuked Peter. And then also in the other account said, rebuke them for having little faith is because God expects that when a word has come from him, that that's enough to carry to the other side. The number one reason why the church of Jesus Christ needs to prosper, has to prosper, I'm talking about in every area, in, in your business, in your finances, in your marriage, in victory over demons, in victory over disease, in victory over pain. The reason why is because God has sent his word for that purpose. The reason Jesus looked at Peter, now Peter walked on the water. Here Peter is, Master, if that's you, bid me come on the water. Come. And Jesus starts to walk. Excuse me, Peter starts to walk, and he walks towards Jesus. And when he's on his way to Jesus, he takes his eyes off him. He's headed towards him, and he looks, and he sees the wind. They were in the middle of a storm, and he sees the wind, and he begins to sink. He gets over into fear, and he sinks. And then Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Like, you would think, I'm the, I'm the only one here who asked to even come out of this boat. If I have little faith, what do the other disciples have? They didn't even ask to get out. They're the ones like, yo, this man... He's just out there. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. I'm going to be in the boat. And here he is uh, uh, volunteering. Jesus didn't look and say, hey, if anyone wants to come, come join me. Peter, uh, you know, Peter, I think, premeditated this. I think at some point Peter was like, Jesus is multiplying the fish and the loaves. He's doing all these things. If he's, I want to get into all the miracles I can get into. I want to get in the middle of it. Jesus had already sent them out to heal the sick, to cast out devils. So Peter was, this is my speculation. Peter was, I'm volunteering for anything I can volunteer for. I want to see his, that was faith. And here he is walking, but why did Jesus rebuke him? Oh, you have little faith. That word little is the same word that's used in Timothy where he says physical exercise profits little, but godliness has profit in this light the next. It's the word brief. Oh, you have brief faith. Hey, you were in faith and you got out of faith. I mean, he was in faith, and then he got out of faith. It's the same word. It profits for a short time. And so here Peter was. But why was it that Jesus rebuked him? Because Jesus wants us to know as the body of Christ that if he's given us a word concerning something, we can take it to the bank. That word that you've received from the Lord of your healing, I'm telling you that'll get you to the other side. That word that you've received from your deliverance, that word will get you to the other side. That word that you've received for your marriage, for your children's salvation, that word will get you to the other side. That word that you've received about your business, about your finances, coming out of debt, I'm here to tell you that word will get you to the other side. If you receive it, why don't you give the Lord a mighty amen this morning? That's what the word of God comes to do. So we don't live a life here on this earth of just trying to, just trying to make it. You know, we're all, and, and people write those songs. You know, Lord, build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. You know, people sing these songs like, I'm just a pauper here on this earth. You know, God. And then you hear the way people pray. People pray like this. Lord, if you do this for me, I won't ask you for anything else. 
You know, Jesus, Jesus literally said, ask and keep on asking. Why? Just so that your joy can be full. Man, that's a far cry from what's preached in churches today. You know, if you do things right, well, the Lord will let us into heaven. And, and I know, I'm not taken away from that. The Lord, but, but God wants us to live an abundant life. God wants to live us a life. We're not just hoping God does something little for us. Lord, if you do this for me, Lord, I'll never ask you for anything again. That goes against, the, his name is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. He's a God who you can ask him. You can ask him to pay your bills and send you on vacation as well. He's not a God of, he's not a minimum wage God. He's a God of more than enough. He's, he's a God who will not only just take, you know, we have people come to healing school. And then I say, what did you come for? And they say, well, you know, I, I came because I have diabetes. And I said, okay, you want the Lord to heal, take away the diabetes. Yes. Anything else? Well, you know, the diabetes is the main thing. Okay. Well, if you're believing the Lord to actually his power to come and come into your body and destroy diabetes, which the doctor would say that you can't go to church. You know, you got to come to us. You got to take this the rest of your life, this insulin. You're asking God to do do a miracle for you what else is on the list because diabetes always comes with something how are the eyes how are the feet how's the blood pressure how is it well yeah I mean I guess that no 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 make a list we serve a God of more than enough make a list we serve a God of more than enough we serve a God who heal you he'll bring you out of he'll bring you out of darkness he'll bless you and the Bible says he him who Press the wrong button. Him who spared not his son, but freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? I see by the time this week comes to an end, you walking in joy that you've never walked before. You walking in health that you haven't seen in a long time. You walking in financial overflow like you've never seen. I see, I, I see, people, I, I see people having testimonies this week of getting raises at work today. Lift your hands all over this place. Father, I thank you as people honor your word. You said you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Lord, that this week rewards your people in the mighty name of Jesus. If you receive it, why don't you give the Lord an amen this morning? Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua 1. And I'm going to start reading in verse... Five. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. One thing that I found is that in the body of Christ, it's almost like people don't want to believe the Lord for big things because they don't want to be disappointed. Because if they were disappointed, it means either A, you know, God didn't have it for them and they don't want to believe that God's not good enough or God's not able, or hey, my faith wasn't good enough to get it. So we find that a lot of people just don't press forward in any area 
in their faith because they don't want to be disappointed. I remember when I was in sales, I remember confronting that one day when I was in sales and I went to go ask the Lord for two, I was in door-to-door sales for over a decade. That was, that was where I learned the ministry was in door-to-door sales. And uh, I remember ask, going to ask the Lord for, for three sales in a day. And that was, that, was a, that was a great day. I mean, one sale was good. And so I was going to ask the Lord for three sales. And I went to go ask. And then I almost was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe. And then, I, and then I realized, or the Lord showed me. I don't know, one of the two. Why am I not asking the Lord for this? Because I don't want to get my hopes up that I ask him for three. And then I only get two. And then I say, Lord, you let me down. Now, obviously, we know it doesn't work that way. God's perfect. We're not. God isn't standing there. I learned this. This is what I learned in sales. God's not standing there with sales behind his back. And I'm saying, Lord, please. And he's saying, if you're good enough, I'll give you these three. God's saying, go and I'll go with you and I'll bless the work of your hands. It's a different thing altogether. But many people, when they come around the things of God, they don't, there's no expectation for God to actually do something physical for them. It's all, we've had people come, but people come to healing school. And we call it healing school because we want people to, we want there to be an agreement that you're here to be healed. That's why we call it healing school. And, but we've had people come. I remember there's a guy who came in a wheelchair and I said to him, what do you want the Lord to do for you while you're here? Expecting the obvious, you know, like Jesus walks up to the blind person. Jesus could tell he was blind, but Jesus walked up to the blind person and says, what would you have me do for you? And I think he wanted him to say it out of his own mouth. Lord, I'd like to see. I mean, Jesus could tell. There's sometimes I can't tell. People think I'm just like, I know everything. I'm looking at you. I can tell the seven conditions that you have, the blood. The, you know, it's not like the Lord will show me some things. But, but I walk up to the guy and I said, sir, what, what, what do you want Jesus to do for you while you're here at healing, healing school? Expecting him to say, I don't want this wheelchair anymore. I was hoping he'd get angry. Not at me, but I'm, I'm done with the chair. I hate this thing. I was hoping for that. And he said, well, you know, I just like a closer walk with the Lord. I said, I don't know why you're here. This isn't closer walk with the Lord's school. This is healing school. I want you out of the chair. If you get a closer walk with the Lord, great. But I'm not here for you to get that. You you know, you can't come around the word. We do five hours a day. We do like 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. of the word. You can't not get closer to the Lord. You'll either leave. But if you last two weeks, five hours a day, five days a week, and you'll have a closer walk with the Lord. It's impossible not to, but I'm not, I'm here for you. And and that's the way people are. They don't engage their faith because they either don't want to be let down or they, uh, it's just easier to just sit and listen. And so what's happened is people all over America in churches have come to the place where they don't come with an expectation that God will do something. But I believe the Lord's raising up people and let it be here in North Dakota. Let it be so in Dickinson that there's a group of people that say, I come with an expectation. Just like if Jesus was going to walk and stand behind this platform. I've come to receive from the hand of God this week. If that's you, why don't you lift your hands and say, Lord, I've come to receive. Say it from your spirit. Say, Lord, I've come to receive in Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 In verse 5, he says, There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of my life. You know, when he says, Only be strong and courageous, there has to be some courage to say, Lord, and, and Lord, I've come this week to receive something. Lord, I'm lifting up my expectation that this is not just going to be another week. But Lord, you said you're on my side. What can man do unto me? Lord, I thank you that this week will be a week that as I honor your word, your word honors me. Lord, that as I honor your word, your word honors me. 
Lord, that everything that I need gets taken care of. Lord, that problems that I've had, that questions that I've had, that blockages in my faith will be broken by the power of God. And that you'll leave saying, I've actually received a touch from the hand of God. Amen. Amen. The other reason we've come is we want to be a blessing to your awesome pastors. They serve faithfully here. They, lo- they love you. You know, if you, uh, <laughs> to, to be in the ministry, well, I guess you don't have to love people, but I can vouch for these two. They're awesome, and they love you. And they want to see the best for you. And so we want to be a refreshing to them and be a strengthening to them. And that coming out of this week, they'll have, a, they'll have all the, the jet fuel they need. For the, for the rest of this year and the next few years to keep them going. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This last healing school, we had a lady come, and she actually came for her husband. She's testifying this morning at the river. If you have a chance to watch, you can go back and watch it. But she came because her husband had a diagnosis of cancer. Came in a wheelchair. He was one of the two that came out of wheelchairs this session. And uh, she came to support him. And then um, she heard me say, hey, you, you know, you're here. You might as well take everything the Lord has for you. Take everything. She's, and, she's, and I was ministering and I called for something. And she said, well, I guess I do have that going on in my body. She, and she felt the power of God. And I don't remember the whole list, but at the end of the week, she said, you called so many things. And I just said, well, if Jesus is my healer and he's already done this at Calvary, I might as well take everything. She had a list. She pulled up her list. She pulled up a list and had it divided into two sections of emotional things. And there was a list of probably like 10 to 12 emotional things the Lord had done for her. And then like, I think it was probably a good eight or nine things that were physically healed in her body. And she didn't come for anything. She came to support her husband. Her husband got touched by the power of God. But she, just by her faith, simple faith. And I said to her, I asked her, what, what, what happened in your faith? What was the revelation that helped you just take all this while you're here? She said, I realized that 2,000 years ago, Jesus didn't just pay for my sin. He paid for my sickness as well. So I said, well, I might as well take it today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm here to say the same thing. Jesus paid so you could have peace of mind. Jesus paid so nothing, no oppression of the enemy would, would, would grab a hold of your life, no addiction of the enemy. Lord, that you, that you would not live in confusion, that you would live in freedom and joy. Jesus paid for that, so you might as well take it now. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands one more time all over this place. Father, I thank you even for your anointing right now, for the power of the Holy Ghost that begins to work in people's bodies, work in people's minds. Lord, people who aren't even, maybe people who are backslidden, Lord, that need to get it right with you. I thank you, Lord, that this week will not only be a week where they come back to you, but a week of acceleration that will make up for lost time. I believe there's people in this place that you, you once were on fire for the Lord, and you say, man, it's, I, I've drifted so far, it's going to take me so long to get back. But I say by the Lord that this week, You're going to come back and the Lord's going to accelerate you beyond where you were by the power of the Holy Ghost. If that's you, why don't you give the Lord an amen this morning? Hallelujah. You know, I I believe that this church, you know, the Lord said, I was talking about Pastor Will and Sean, the Lord sent them here. But I believe the vision that God has for this church is not that it would just be, you know, the one, one of two places or whatever it is here, maybe the only place in Dickinson that you can come and they'll talk about the Holy Ghost and people actually pray in tongues. But that it'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a lighthouse for this whole region. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not, be, shall not prevail against it. In these last days, how many believe we're, 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 get, we're in the last days now? 
I mean, if you, if you can watch the news and not think we're close to the end of days, then you're not paying close enough attention. <laughs> Where th there's places now. I mean, they, they've been setting up the, the, the fabric for it, the groundwork for it. But if you, you, you're not going to be able to buy and sell if you don't have this injection in your body. You know, things that are set up where, where if you go back 20 years and you're preaching on the Antichrist coming and the mark of the beast and you're preaching on those things that are going to require you to get a chip in your hand or on your forehead. And now there's, there's literally setting up the framework. If you don't have this thing injected into you, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. If you can't tell that we're getting close to the return of Jesus, you're not, you're not paying close enough attention. But in these last days, you know what God's agenda is, is to build his church, is to build his church. And so when a man and woman of God will stand up in a local body, a church will stand up and say, we're standing for the full counsel of the word. I really like in Acts chapter 20, where Paul goes and he's visiting with the people in the Ephesian church, and there's 12 leaders there. And he stands up and he says, I, I know that I'm seeing you, and this will be the last time that you'll see my face. But he says, I'm free from the blood of all men. Which is an interesting thing to say. But he says, I'm free from the blood of all men because I have not withheld from you anything. I've preached to you the full counsel of God. He said, I've not withheld anything that would have been to your benefit. Everything that God has shown me I, that, that would be a benefit to you, I've not withheld it. So that makes it that I'm free from the blood of all men. And that's going to be the dividing line. God's looking to build his church. But the day of churches where they come and they preach a watered-down gospel with, with no altar calls, with no accountability, where people can do what they want, and they don't preach against sin. You know, my wife, my wife and I were on vacation many years ago before we came to the ministry. So this was probably four, five, yeah, about four years ago, and we went overseas. We went to Australia, and we went to a big church. If I said the name, you'd know it. And we, and we were, you know, it was a Sunday morning. We didn't have somewhere to go. We're going to, hey, we want to, their worship's good. I know everyone pretty, should pretty much know who it is by that, by that description. Sorry. <laughs> Rhymes with Bill Song. I'm not going to say the name. And so we went to the church and uh, um, missed, you know, late parking, missed it, didn't realize that worship would go for 20, 22 minutes or 18 minutes, so we missed half of worship. And so we, we come in and, uh, and the, the person gets up to preach and they say, they say, people ask why we as a church don't preach against sin. And I said, oh, this should be good. That was their intro. People ask why we as a church don't preach against sin. And it's because, and this message is to, and, and, and they basically went into this, this idea of like, if you preach against sin, then people just hover, the gravitational pull of sin, people hover around sin. And so we talk about new creation realities and about being a child of God. And, and from the outside, if you didn't know the word, that, that would seem good enough. But you know, the Bible says there's a full counsel of the word. Every epistle that you read, Paul preaches, preaches who you are in Christ, what Jesus has done for you, and then there's a call to holiness. In light of all these things, what holy lives we should be living. So there's, there's going to be accountability for ministers who come. And I'm not bad-mouthing. I don't know churches in this area. I, I wish they were all like this one. I wish, I wish everyone was on fire for God. I wish everyone was winning souls. I wish everyone preached to you on God's, uh, God's provision of uh, uh, it, for money. You know, that's a provision that God made for you. I wish every church preached on healing. But when places come and then they won't preach because of the worrying of the people or, or, or they just don't, hey, we're not going to talk on that here. That's messy. We don't lay hands on people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Th then, then they're not lining up with the gospel. 
I believe the River Church Dickinson is going to be a place that will be a, that will be a lighthouse of the gospel and that Jesus Christ in these end days, you're going to see this place grow. You're going to see this place expand. That this place soon enough, this building will be too small to hold the people that come because God is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And God looks for people who won't compromise. God looks for people who won't compromise, who when the shutdown came, we, we, we're not shutting down. It doesn't matter who says what. We're not shutting down. We're standing up for the gospel. Jesus says, says don't forsake the gathering together. We're going to be here. We're going to stand. It, it, that, that don't compromise the word of God because some people get uncomfortable. And that's what's going to happen. Word's going to get out. We're, we're getting into times now where people are not going to play church anymore. I, I'm not just here to, well, I'm, I'm here because I have to have a touch from God. I'm here because I need the power of the Holy Ghost to sustain me. I need it because I'm taking territory. That God's even going to raise up business people out of this church that are going to flip your industry. Trust me, there's times coming. There's times coming now where industries where, that were run by these, these power structures that, that God will give people wisdom to be able to do it. And I believe God will do it in this church to see this place expand. If you believe that, why don't you give the Lord an amen today? He says no, in verse 5, he says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. God didn't make us. God didn't put us on this earth just to get by. God didn't put us on this earth as believers to just hold on till he comes back. God put us here to thrive and to take advancement. What's that? Oh, my, my two-year-old's snoring on the front row here. Long day. He's so excited to see the snow. Last week, Sunday, I had to... I had to Pray for a guy because he overheated because it was 89 degrees. That's where I was a week ago today. 89 degrees. Let's get him out of the sun. He's overheated. Let's pray for him. So that's where we were. That's where we are now. I'm th you know, I'm not complaining. I'm, I have to preach outside. You know, where it's 2022. There's heat. I'm not complaining. You know, it's so cold. Yeah, we stay indoors. Yeah, you just do your best. You get out of the car. You go stand inside. It's fine. But it is a bit of a change. They're still figuring it out. God, God didn't create you to, to so there has to come a decision for every person in here that you're going to, that this week and coming out of these meetings, you know, God sent us here for a purpose. It's not like, it's not like every two weeks, there's a week of meetings here. God sent us here to bring revival to this area, to spark a light so that you as, as, as believers can move forward in the areas that God has called you to. Most, mo, I would say most believers, this is their thinking and their relationship with God. I, I better do the right thing so that I can be blessed. But when you say blessed, it's almost like, I, I hope I've qualified. That's like where people live in this place of, I hope I've qualified for that. But the Bible says different. The Bible says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You can't just sit and hope something comes your way. I've heard people say, well, when God's ready to bless me, he knows where I live. That's not how it works. There has to come something on the inside that your faith rises up and you say, God, I'm standing on the word and this is going to be the best year that I've ever had. This close out to November and December is going to be the best year that I've ever had. If anyone's getting awarded a new contract, it's me and my business. If anyone's getting a promotion and a raise, it's me and my business. If anyone's seeing uh, extra income in, it's me and my business. If anyone's grabbing their healing, it's me. You have to get a little bit selfish and stand up and say, this is what God has mapped out for me and I'm stepping into it now. 
God, I thank you that your promises are true. But Lord, you've, you've anointed me to prosper. You've brought me here to prosper. You've put me around the anointing to prosper. The, the Bible even says that the anointing will, be, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. The Bible says he'll make your neck fat because of the anointing. And it'll, I know we, people don't like that word. You don't, no one wants to, oh, I got a fat neck. But, but I'm talking about in the spirit. I'm talking about in the spirit where the yoke, you know, a yoke was with oxen where they would take two oxen, they'd yoke them together. And so that's the same thing Jesus talked about where he said, my yoke is easy as my burden is light. He said, come, let me set the pace. So what they would do is they would take an older trained oxen and then the, the younger ones, they'd yoke them to the, the, the bigger one, to the little one. And so because the, the little one would just burn himself out. He wouldn't know the pace. So Jesus was saying, yoke yourself to me and I'll show you the pace of life where you're not stressed, you're not worried, you're not overwhelmed. I'll show you the pace of life. That's what Jesus said. But Satan comes to yoke you negatively. He comes to set a yoke on you where you're yoked to sickness and disease. You're yoked to poverty. You're yoked, you're yoked to discouragement. You're yoked to depression. And I'm telling you today, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ this week will break that yoke of bondage off your neck. It doesn't matter if it, you've had it, it's genetic since birth. It doesn't matter if it's been, my grandfather was depressed, my father was depressed, and I'm depressed, I'm carrying on the family name. Jesus comes by the anointing to make your neck so fat that the devil can't yoke you anymore. And I'm telling you, this week, by the power of God, he's going to do it in Jesus' name. If you agree, why don't you lift your voice and thank God with me today. Hallelujah. 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 No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I'm here to tell you, North Dakota, these are the days of your liberty. These are the days of your freedom. This is the day where the devil, this is the day for every one of you to testify. This is the day where the devil's grip over your body gets broken. This is the day where the devil's grip over your mind gets broken, where that addiction gets broken. I'm here, I've come to set the captives free. Hallelujah. And it's the spirit of the Lord that'll do it. Hallelujah. And great will be the rejoicing. It's like the Israelites said in Psalm 126, when the Lord turned again our captivity, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. I see you healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. The anointing's moving even right now. I know this is a Sunday morning, but just pretend it's a Tuesday night and you've already been in revival two days. I'm not preaching Sunday morning messages. I'm here to bring revival. I only got a week with you. So please excuse me if I come hot out the gate. I came to bring the anointing. Hallelujah. Rembambare se delebora. Brango rebambare delebre. Brashombara samba rebaba. Brele barangele bre delebraba. Brandele barambamba. There's somebody who's had either complications with childbirth. This would be a female. Complications with childbirth or a problem where the doctor says you can't. You, it's, you can't give birth. And the Lord wants to touch you today. If that's you, go ahead and put your hand on that area. And the Lord's going to touch you there right now. Oh, there's the anointing. Hallelujah. There's that anointing right now. It's broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's the anointing right now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, rimbamba, rimbamba. The devil comes to dry up the womb. And God comes to make you fruitful. The devil comes to bring you pain for the rest of your life. The Lord comes to set you free. Oh, thank you, Lord, for my sister, for your rambande, randabore, baraba, brende, le barambaba. This attack against your body, 
this attack against your family in the name of Jesus. Oh, any attack of darkness, any, any curse that's trying to come in the name, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Broke in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing. Who else placed their hand on their belly for that? Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sister over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can sit there. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. This foul attack against this body. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Broken. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Even right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I saw one hand over here. Did I miss one over on this side? Hallelujah. Over here. Lift your hand, sister. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And new days of joy, says the Lord. Oh, you turn your mourning into dancing. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This blockage right now in the name of Jesus. Out in Jesus' name. Healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God's interested in healing today. You know, Jesus, the only way he heals is in the here and now. So this whole thing of God one day will do this for me. God doesn't have a day marked out on his calendar to heal people but today. In the same way, God doesn't have a day to save people marked out on his calendar but today. This is, today's the day of salvation. The, the thing that I found is that if people will bring their faith to actually receive a tangible touch from God now, that's when the power of God moves. So I'm not here to see you healed tomorrow. I'm here to see you healed and touched now. Amen. Amen. Lift your hand, sister. Thank you, Lord. There's the anointing right now. Hallelujah. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of Jesus. Right now in Jesus' name. Out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Oh, hallelujah. Rombo re le branda re babarese. Brongo rombo borodolo brandele. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord together in unison. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and bless him today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we glorify you. Oh, Lord, you're so wonderful. Hallelujah. Let everything that is breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Le lemboros orandele ba, lembroshon de le barababa. Oh, Ramba, there's people right now that you've had a demonic oppression, and in the presence of God right now, it's going to lift right off your shoulder right now. You're going to feel like a weight lift off your shoulder. Maybe you didn't even know you were carrying. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the enemy's terrified of people getting into the anointing. You know, just like the enemy, I'm sure there were people that the devil tried to keep from getting in Jesus' path. Because wherever he went, he was just a wrecking ball for the power of the enemy. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's someone who's dealt with arthritis in your hands, maybe from work, something that you've done. Arthritis in your hands. Who's that? Arthritis in the hands. Lift your hands. 
Lift your hands there. Thank you, Lord. There's the anointing right now into those hands. You'll feel the power of God come into those hands right now. In the name of Jesus, that arthritis. In Jesus' name. <coughs> in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. In Jesus' name. Be healed. In Jesus' name. That's the anointing. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Okay, go ahead and move them around. Do something you couldn't do. Hallelujah. What do you feel? What, what was happening? So um, I work in a clinic, and I use this to blow up the boat pressure cuff, and I've been getting just stiff thumb in my right hand. And now it's, I don't feel any stiffness. Praise the Lord. Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Who else? Arth arthritis? Arthritis in your hands specifically. Who else? That's you, sister. Are you ready? Hallelujah. You know, it's almost like people would be better if you said, hey, Jesus sent me and he told me today at uh, 1036. Uh, is that the time? 11? I don't know. I don't know what my watch says. It's probably still on Tampa time. Who knows what time it is? That, that, that Jesus is going to heal. And then, oh, Jesus sent you to tell me that message. Well, I'm telling you, it's now. Healing's the children's bread now. Thank you, Lord. For that. There's the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, there's foul arthritis that's plagued these hands. In the name of Jesus. Out in Jesus' name. Free and healed in Jesus' name. Pain to go. Thank you, Lord. Even the damage that's been done in these bones. Thank you for your healing power. These hands get stronger and stronger. This weakness that would come over these hands, I break it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You are the healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and move them around, sister. Tell me what. Watch them because I've got, you know, these big. Did you have pain before? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. Amen. But it's mostly just these knuckles. Amen. Well, I believe the Lord, I felt the anointing go into you. Amen. Who else? Pain in your hands. Arthritis in your hands. One more over here. Everybody lift your hands today. Hallelujah. You know, the anointing is God's power. And the reason the anointing comes, believe it or not, is to do something for you. Because everybody needs something from the anointing. Maybe you need joy. Maybe you need to be refreshed. Maybe you say, I don't need to be healed. I'm healthy. Well, then you need, God will touch you in your emotions. God will break strongholds off your mind. Blockages in the way that you believe, in the way that you think. Lies that you've been told from childbirth. Everyone needs something, and the anointing knows what you need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing into these hands. In the name of Jesus, there's the anointing. Thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Arthritis, pain in these hands. <coughs> in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's praise the, ask, let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 19, verse 20. Acts 19, verse 20. The Bible says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Why do you need to have a week of meetings? So the word can grow and prevail. I want to tell you there's nothing the devil's thrown at you that the Lord can't deal with this week. I want to tell you, and if we only had one day, then I would just say there's nothing the Lord's thrown at you you can't deal with today. 
There's no depression. There's no stronghold. There's no pain. There's no disease that the word of God can't completely destroy out of your body. That the word of God can't completely destroy. Why? Because the word of God grows and prevails. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word carries healing virtue. The, the word, everything Jesus did, the word will do. So as you take time and as you let the word of God wash over you, as you let the word of God get into your spirit this week, as you let the word of the anointing of God come into your body this week, this is going to be a week of great testimonies for every person in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Acts chapter 12, verse 24. And turn there with me. Acts 12, 20, 12 verse 24. This was after King Herod dies. Not a great death. Verse 23, and immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not glory to God and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Probably one of the worst ways you can go. Verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Do you know why it's unbiblical for you to stay stagnant in faith? It's because the word of God grows and multiplies. God made us for multiplication. God made us for growth. And that's why all of us in our faith have to be moving forward. But I understand things of life come. If you, maybe, you, you, maybe there's people in here who life's just hit you hard and you feel like if you were to say this, I feel like I'm just hanging on for dear life, then this week is going to be in a time of encouragement for your faith. And by the end of this week, it's not going to be like a balloon that gets inflated just to get deflated over time. It's going to be what Isaiah 54 says, where it says that he'll, verse 14 says, he'll establish you in righteousness and you will be far from oppression for you will not fear. That this week, God will establish you that things that used to be difficult to you won't be difficult anymore. They'll be easy. Things where you, areas you used to struggle, strongholds, parts of your, your, your life that were a difficulty to you, that at, coming out of this week, the word will so grow and multiply and prevail. Things that used to be difficult will be easy. People that used to be a problem to you, used to wear you out, stress you out. <laughs> we can all use a little more patience that the word of God will just like grease your joints like WD-40 that things won't bother you anymore we'll hear no more reports of road rage from any, very, any River Dickinson person ever again in Jesus name but that the word of God will come in and lift the heavy burden and strengthen you in your inner man that's what God's looking to do people, people many times just Lord, how could you let this happen to me? How could you let this come my way? You know how hard it's been for my life. God, God doesn't respond, and God protects us, but God responds by strengthening us in our inner man, not just so that we can take the next attack, but that we can be the next attack. You know, people live their, people live their Christian life like hoping something worse doesn't happen. Almost like if I can just stay quiet enough and, and, and not piss off the devil, then then he'll leave me alone and that'll be good. But Jesus didn't defeat Satan 2,000 years ago so that we would have to hope he left us alone. When someone's defeated, they're defeated. You know, the Bible doesn't say fight the devil. It says resist him and he'll flee. How do you resist him? You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to know that the devil's a loser. He lost 2,000 years ago. He has no right to touch you with anything. He has no right to keep you bound in addiction. He has no right to keep sickness and disease on your body. He has no right to keep you in lack. We're going to talk about this tonight. You, you have to get it settled in your heart that when something comes your way, you, you have to be able to distinguish what's an attack of the enemy and what's, what's God's work. And if you can't do that, your whole life will be found just, just 
the status quo, just hoping to make it. And that's what happens. You know, when they got in this boat to go to the other side, Jesus said, go to the other side. That's why he expected them. It doesn't matter what comes your way. You're going to the other side. That's also why he stood up and rebuked the people when they woke him up in the other time. Because he said, I said, we're going to the other side. You had my word. My word is enough. Peter, why did you, why did you doubt? You had my word. You had everything you needed to walk on water. You had everything you needed to stay afloat. But you took your eyes off my word. You took your eyes off me and you put them on the circumstance. I'm telling you, God's given you everything you need to live a healthy life. God's giving you everything you need to walk in abundance. God's giving you everything you need to be a soul winner, to make an impact on eternity. God's given it to you. And that word this week's going to come alive in your spirit. So leaving out of these meetings in November, you're going you're gonna to take territory for the kingdom of God. You're not going to be bracing for the next impact. What's the devil going to throw at us now? The devil won't even be a consideration in your life. When someone's whooped, you don't have to think about them. When someone's whooped, you wake up and say, what am I doing? I'm going to go take territory again today. I'm taking ground. The Christian life is not wondering how the devil's gonna, what the devil's going to do. It's, it's the, it, the Christian life is the devil wondering what you're going to do. Please, please, I got to get them to shut up. Those people need to stop talking. I, I got to convince them that soul winning's weird. I got to convince them that telling people about their faith's weird. Who, who am I going to send? What, 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 what politician am I going to send? You know, that's what they're working on in other countries. And that's what, what they've done in other countries. There's countries in Europe where it's, you, you're allowed to be a Christian, but it's illegal to share your faith in public. It's illegal to walk out up on the streets and walk up to someone and say, I want to tell you, God loves you. And he's, the, the, the devil's working on that because he has to find a way to shut people up. Because when, when someone understands, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It doesn't matter if the devil himself decided to come visit Dickinson tomorrow. The devil went down to Georgia. If he came down to Dickinson, it wouldn't matter because he's a loser. He lost 2,000 years ago. Anything that he puts on you is illegal as a child of God. The Bible says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. If it can't get on Jesus, then it can't get on you. And I'm here to prophesy. I see every single one of you coming out from underneath the devil's grip. That this week, this will be the last time the devil has any grip on any one of your lives. In Jesus' mighty name. If you receive it, why don't you give the Lord a mighty amen this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God didn't create you just to survive. God created you to overcome. And you have to have preaching like this to preach that into your spirit. Because life comes, you know, and we have our responsibility towards God. But life comes and discouragement comes. And that's why David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. God will preach a new, a new DNA into you, a DNA of an overcomer. You may have come out of a background where no one in your family succeeded. You may come from a background where everyone was addicted to alcohol. You may come from a background, but I'm telling you, you signed up. You said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. And you may not have known it, but Colossians 1.13 says, Thanks be unto God who delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You know, I'm from Africa. Where I come from, people, the devil sometimes, the devil, one of his things that he does, he plays, he hides. So you have people in this country who don't believe in the spiritual realm at all. They don't believe that there's any spiritual realm. But you go to Africa and, and that doctrine quickly changes because you see witch doctors, you see demons manifest. Growing up in church in Africa, you'd see demons manifest where people would, someone start to manifest a demon, flopped on the floor with their hands at their side and started slithering, slithering like a snake on the floor, rolled upstairs, 
You're like, all right, I, you know, maybe I, maybe I didn't before, but I believe that that's demonic. <laughs> you, you like, you can't take that stance. I don't believe in the spirit realm. Well, I see that and that's not normal. <laughs> so there's not that option over there. But the devil was defeated 2,000 years ago, but, he, but he, he tries to play hide and go seek. Oh, it's just a part of getting old. The eyesight's the first thing to go. But sickness and disease is a work of the devil. And you have to know that when Jesus beat him, he defeated him for your benefit. Jesus isn't on this earth today. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back soon. But, but Jesus put, sent his spirit to live on the inside of you so you could carry on the works of God. I'm here to tell you that the River Church at Dickinson and the body of Christ in North Dakota needs to rise up and is standing up. And I see you standing up, caring and demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost, demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost over sickness and disease, over the works of the devil, over drug addiction, that there would come a place where, where people bound and addicted by drugs would come. Please, I need to be set free. And they'll come and be set free by the hand of God. That's what God has for this church. That's what God has for this place. Not that you'll just, oh, I attend this church and this is where I go. But that you'll be a part of an army that God raises up to see people shaken. And God puts that on the inside of you. I don't believe you can be a Christian and not care. Oh, people go to hell. I don't care. God puts it on the inside of you. When your heart comes alive to God, your heart comes alive to the lost. That's what happens. I have to see people set free. There's something on the inside of every one of us. You see someone sick and you say, I wish I could do something for them. I, w I wish if I had an antidote, I would give it to them. You know, there, there's that on the inside of people. There's been people who through the years, I was reading something yesterday about insulin, that the original insulin, the, the, the people who made it, because they wanted to help people, sold the patents for $1 because they wanted to be a blessing and they wanted to help people. And then now, you know, it was a, I was reading this thing about, this, uh, about how expensive insulin is. But, but they, they made this thing. This is helping people. This is helping people who have diabetes. This is helping them. I want to help people. And they're not in people's hearts. But God put that on the inside of us. But as a church, yes, we do feeding programs. Yes, we help people. But the number one way that the church of Jesus Christ helps, helps people is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his own soul? And also with the power of God. That someone who shows up, there's people who show up and, and medicine won't help them. They've blown their brain out with drugs. But only the power of the Holy Ghost. Like we witnessed when my wife was ministering. And, and the joy came and, and something changed. On the inside, and you could see the night and day difference, whereas nothing sucked. It was like, it was, it was like there was, a, there was a, a spiritual blockage, like a film over their eyes. Nothing stuck, and then all of a sudden. And, and that's what the power of God comes to do. It isn't so we can have a nice meeting. It's so that we can get filled with the power of God and see our cities shaken, see our town shaken. I believe North Dakota, starting in Dickinson, is going to be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe that people are hungrier than they've ever been. Don't be lied to. You know, there's, there's even companies who do church statistics, and hopefully you don't pay attention to them. But there's like, you go online and type in, and they make up stuff. They profile, they, they get small groups, and then they do these surveys. And it'll, it'll make it seem like the church of Jesus Christ is getting smaller and smaller. I want to tell you, the church of Jesus Christ on the earth today is getting stronger and stronger, is getting louder and louder, is caring less and less about what people think. Our people are becoming more and more bold. People don't care anymore. The time of caring, just like politically, people are getting that way. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not trying to be politically correct. People are getting that way in the body of Christ. The time is now where, where God is separating the wheat 
from the chaff and, and he's purifying his bride. And what's rising up is, is people who love God, who are on fire for God, who love to see the lost uh, come in and to see the power of God transform people's lives. And I'm believing with you too that this week, that an anointing, a fresh anointing is going to come on you. That when you go out, you're going to see the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you that if you'll put pressure on the word and you'll start praying for people, you don't need a special healing anointing. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, then you're going to see people healed. It'll be just like me. The Lord says, when are you going to start preaching on healing? Well, I guess when people, no, 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 just start. And I'm telling you, if you'll start laying hands on the sick, you'll see them recover. And this week, there's going to come a special anointing on the, on the inside of you for honoring the Lord. If you receive it, why don't you one more time lift your hands and thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we bless you today. You're mighty to save and mighty to heal. We thank you for it. God gives us his word to take us over to the other side. God gives us his word to take us over to the other side. He said, we're going over to the other side. And that's what God's doing this week. He's going to, and for some of you who are in business, and you're not called to the fivefold ministry. I believe we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. But that God's going to build something on the inside of you that says, I'm taking territory. We're going to talk about this tonight. How do I identify what comes from God and what comes from the devil? Because if you can't, you know, for them, if that was modern day religion, they would have get in that boat and then the storm would come. And then someone, some theologian would have stood up and said, this storm is here because uh, God's trying to teach us to have good attitudes. That's what people think with healing, what faith is. They think faith is try to keep a good attitude until God decides it's time for you to receive. That's not faith. Faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is God, I'm placing a demand on your anointing now. Faith is Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There, religion says, shut up. Don't, he walked past already. Be quiet. Don't bother him. Yeah, that's religion. Don't bother him. Lord, if you, if you do this for me, I won't ask you for anything else. That's religion. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus has power to heal you today. Jesus has power to set you free today. Some theologian would have stood up and said, this storm has obviously come, and this storm is coming because someone in here hasn't done this, 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 and this. Well, it didn't come. It came because the devil hated them and wanted to kill them. If you notice, this thing happened a lot. The devil was trying his best to just take them out any chance he'd get. And so if you can look and see this storm isn't because I've done something wrong. I'm obeying God. This storm isn't because God's trying to teach me a lesson. This storm is here as an attack from the enemy. But bless, this attack against my body is not to bring me closer. You know, we had a guy come to healing school. and He's in his probably 70s. And he had worked on a farm most of his life. And he came because a year, a couple years earlier, he had been run over by a tractor. Which, that's kind of a bad deal. You know, of all the things you don't want to be run over by, that's pretty, like right underneath a tank, you know, you, tractors on the list, the one part of his body. And he had survived, but he had had some things messed up. And he had, he had been in church most of his life, but he was still a baby Christian. You could tell, just very simple in how he thought and believed, but hadn't grown in the things of the Word. And he said, when I went to church after I got out of the hospital, a lady at my church, my little church, said to me, you know, Brother Larry, God's just trying to teach you that you need to slow down. And he said, that just rubbed me the wrong way. Well, I'm glad he had enough sense to realize that that wasn't, that wasn't God saying that. This storm is here because we're just teaching. To, God's trying to teach us to have a good attitude through the storm. No, this is an attack of the devil. And you need to do what Jesus did. Wind, shut up! That's that word. That was actually that word. Sorry, I'm a shouter. Just if, if, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so if you're unable to identify it, then you'll, you won't push back. But the moment you know this sickness is a work of the devil, this is the devil trying to steal my effectiveness. This is the devil trying to steal my joy. If Jesus was here, he'd take this thing out of my body now. Then your faith can come alive and say, bless God. If there's any anointing in that place, I'm coming to get my healing. Hallelujah. If there's any power of God in that place, I'm coming to get my joy. I'm coming to get set free. I'm coming to get this alcohol, this nicotine, this drug, this, this, this prescription drug addiction broken off my life. I'm believing this week. And even starting today, that the Lord's going to bring, begin to... I really felt that strong coming up, that the Lord's going to bring, begin to break strongholds. And maybe it's someone you know. Maybe as I'm talking to you, that you have a family member who's addicted to something. And this week, I really have that strong on my heart, that the Lord's going to set people free. So I'm asking you, bring them. If it's, if it's you, then come. And if it's somebody else, hey, you, that thing you've been dealing with, you don't like dealing with anymore, come. And the Lord will set you free this week. I'm, I'm here to see miracles. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask for everyone to bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want to give you an opportunity. You know, maybe, maybe you've come today and you're, and you're not serving the Lord like you should. You're not on fire for the Lord. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's people in here and you've never for yourself received Jesus. I'm telling you, if there ever was a time to be born again, it's now. Here we are in the, last, the, the end of days, coming up to the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back very soon. And you have to know of all the things that you have to know in your heart, you have to know you're right with God. You have to know you're right with God. Paul said, I've come and I write to you because I want you to have a confident assurance that you understand the mystery of Christ. Jesus is the only way to God. There's no plan B. There's no other option. It's Jesus only. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And today needs to be a new beginning. If you've never received Jesus, then I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. I want to, I want to see you be born again today. Jesus said, you must be born again. It's not about being a good person, although we believe in being a good person. It's about being a child of God, being born again. And that's only possible through Jesus Christ. But maybe you're in this place, and while I've been preaching, you say, I know I'm not right with God. I've got sin in my life. I've got compromise in my life. There's things in my life that are not right. It may be anger, lust, jealousy, bitterness, unforgiveness, something that's blocking up your heart where it's hard to serve God. It's like you feel like you're, you've drifted from the Lord, like there's no love connection with God anymore. The number one commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's not just about church attendance. It's about having a hot love in your heart, in your spirit for God. And I believe there's people in this place that you've let the fire grow dim and God wants to restore that fire to you and restore to you the joy of your salvation. You do that through repenting, through, through turning your back on the world and on sin, and following him. And so if that's you, then I want to pray with you and for you. And then lastly, if you're in this place and you just don't know, you say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go to heaven. If I was to die today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure of my salvation. I, I, I love the Lord, but I'm just not sure. And you want to make sure today that I want to pray with you or for you. If that's you and you fit in one of those three categories, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And, or you need to rededicate your life. You need to return back to God. You need the fire to burn again on the inside. You've grown cold. Or you want to make sure. Then this morning, I want to pray with you and for you. If that's you, then quickly lift up your hands. I want to pray with you. Quickly, wherever you are. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. 
I see your hands. Who else? Your heart's cold towards God. I'm not serving God the way I should. Raise your hands. Thank you. If you raise, thank you. Anyone else? All right, if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to take one more step of faith. And quickly, those of you with your hands raised, quickly come stand to your feet and come join me at the altar. We're going to pray together. Quickly, come. Come quickly. And if you didn't raise your hand and you need to, come quickly. If, if, how do you know? Your heart's beating very fast right now. That's how you know this calls for you. Come join me at the altar here. Quickly, come. That's the way you know. If you're sitting in your seat hoping that I'd hurry up and pray, that's the way you know. Come quickly. If you raise your hand, come. The reason, the reason we call you to the front, the reason we call you to the front is the Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. And if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. Come in, come in close, everyone. Come in close. We're going to pray here in just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 If you raise your hand, quickly come. Come. I believe there's a battle going on right now. A battle. Do you know why it matters? It matters because the number one most important thing you have to know is that you're right with God. And you know what the number one thing that keeps people? Is pride. Is pride. And today the Lord wants to restore to you the joy of your salvation. He wants to restore. This isn't about becoming a member of this church. It's not what this call is for. This is, this is about returning to the Lord wholeheartedly and getting whatever's blocking you in your relationship with the Lord out of the way. If you raise your hand, quickly come. Or if you need to be up here, come. I'll give you another quick moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Is there anybody else? It takes courage. He said, be strong. Be courageous. Hallelujah. If you need to be up here, use all the courage you've ever had and come. Hallelujah. We'll pray here in a moment. You know, you don't know when the Lord returns. And that's why it's, it's the most important thing as the body of Christ is that we keep our heart burning for the Lord. Because no one's promised tomorrow, but we don't know. You know, there'll come a day where I give my last altar call. 
And I probably won't be able to tell you what day it is. The Bible says no one knows the day or the hour. So I don't think there's any going to be a preacher saying, this is the last chance you'll get. People will be going around doing as they always did. And the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So you make sure your heart is right. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Still need to be down here. Come, we'll pray. I surrender all. you up here lift your right hand to heaven and pray this prayer with me and pray it from your heart pray it and mean it you're not come to man you've come to God pray it and mean it from your heart say Jesus I go ahead say Jesus I give you my life I surrender myself to you today I believe you are my Lord and you are my Savior forgive me of my sin wash me in your blood I come today to receive mercy and to return to you. I give you my life. You are my Lord and Savior. Return to me the joy of my salvation. I love you, Jesus. I am a Christian. I'm born again. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, wouldn't you lift your voice and thank him that he's heard your prayer and he's had mercy on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you, those of you standing up here, to the family of God. Bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome if it was first time or many times. Welcome. Thank you for having courage to come. We want to tell you that we love you. And I want to encourage you, pl plug in with us this week. I'm, blessed. I'm believing that this will be really a high watermark for you in your life where you say that was the best week I've ever had in my life. You know, the Word of God will refresh you and do that for you. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. I don't know if we send them back to their seats. What's normal, Pastor? Michonne? All right, you can go be seated. You can be seated. We love you. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you. Lord, for your power, thank you for your word, which is a lamp to my feet, our lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you, Lord, that you encourage the downcast today and this week. Lord, you encourage the downcast. I believe there's people that's faced what seems like impossible situations, maybe in your family, in your job, in your health. And this week, the Lord's restoring hope to you, and he's going to turn it around, that you're going to receive a, a demonstration of God's power in your life this week. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your voice in advance and thank him for his goodness. Hallelujah. 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 So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. 
so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. How many of you know someone who needs a touch of God, this, who needs a touch of God, either in their health, they're addicted to something, they need, they need a touch from God. Maybe you're one of them, but who of you know somebody locally within two hours? All right. Please invite them to come. I'm going uh, I mean, to minister as the Lord leads. You saw me minister a little bit today. I'm going to preach Monday night on healing. I'm going to minister tonight and I'll minister to some people. But I'm going to preach and pray for all the sick people on Monday night. And so uh, come tonight if you can join us Sunday night. And, uh, and then Monday night, if you know anyone who needs a touch from God, do, do, don't mind their political, you know, it doesn't matter. He, at healing school, we have people come, and most of it's word of mouth. It's not mostly river members. So we have people come that are definitely not Pentecostal. We, we had a, a gentleman come this session who is Baptist, and uh, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, uh, got touched in his body, the Lord touched him in his body and received the fire of God. The people, I, it doesn't matter if they're atheist, if they're Baptist, if they're Catholic, it doesn't matter what denomination. It doesn't matter if they like praying in tongues or don't. When people need a touch from God in their body, they're desperate. And so if you know people who are all the time medication after medication, and maybe it's you, but invite somebody to come. I'd love to see this place packed with sick people that get healed on Monday night. Amen? I think there's enough sick people in, in Dickinson that we can get this place filled and see people healed by the power of God. Who of you, I know I prayed for a few people. And I know the Lord touched people. Who felt a touch in your body? I know we had the, a couple people raise their hand uh, with the hands. Who felt a touch in their body? You did. Amen. You did. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Believe in the Lord for great things this week. Do you want to say something? This is my wife. She's a great blessing to me. This is Krista. Well, thank you guys for having us. You know, for us coming up here is really to be a help to your pastors, but to be a help to the city of Dickinson, where there's people who need answers, where there's people who are sick, laid in hospital beds, or sick in their homes, and they don't have that hope that you have or that you've just received. And so they're, they're waiting, and this is Luke, they're waiting for you to be the answer, to bring that answer to them. And you know what? It's so easy, because you can think of this week like an outreach, that you, you don't have to do anything. Just bring people here. Bring yourself here. Move whatever you have to move out of the way. You know, for us, about four times a year, and I know your pastor's do the same. We, we take those weeks and we set everything aside and everything changes for us. We'll take one week, be in the presence of God for, for well, what we do is eight days straight. Um, and, and, and about four times a year, we'll do that. And God will, will completely transform us. You know, every single time we can't imagine how things could get better, but then they do. And God does something in us and then, and then does something through our lives. And so you can take this week and say, whatever I have to move out of the way. And we really, it, it, the only reason we put such a strong emphasis and we come and do a week is because we know what God can do with that saturation of the Holy Ghost. What happens, you know, even what's happened just in one uh, morning of church, but what's gonna happen when it's, when it's, you know, five days, you know, of, of total saturation and, you know, and so whatever you have to do to move things out of the way, you will not, you will not regret, you know, being under the, under the anointing, being, you know, in a place where the power of God is here. So we've come here to bring the answer to Dickinson, a major uh, thing that happens in our ministry that we've only, cause we've been doing a healing school in Tampa for um, just now three years is that people come and they get healed. And so that's, the, that's what happens because that was Jesus ministry. So people will get saved. People, 
people will get healed. You bring people in this place, and, and I guarantee you on any given Sunday, people are going to get healed in this place. But we've set aside this week, and we flew up here, and, and we, we wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world, but right here in Dickinson, North Dakota, this week, because God sent us here on assignment, and we, I'm, there's no other faces I'd be happier to see right now than, than your faces sitting here, and, and I'm not just saying that. This is where we want to be this week. So we're showing up, so we're excited to see every single one of you and the people that you're going to bring. And you know, you're going to bring answers to people. That's what I felt when we walked into this room this morning, that there's people that need answers in this room, but there's also people in Dickinson that need answers from God, that need help in their body, that need help in their finances, that need help. And so we're, we're that answer. We're the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. So all you have to do is come in this place. I guarantee you God's going to do something in, in your life and bring your family in this place. Don't have any preconceived ideas. Oh, it's that river church. Listen, this is the place where people are going to receive their help, their breakthrough, their turnaround in the name of Jesus. People that, people that in months from now would have taken their own life, but because you brought them to this church, their life is going to be saved. And that's a word for somebody. Hallelujah. So there's nowhere else we'd rather be. We're so glad that you had us. We're, we thank your pastor so much for bringing us here. <laughs> so, and my son is, is up here too. It's a button. You found a button. But, um, but thank you guys for having us. We're excited to be with you this week.